Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you, and God bless. message in my heart. I only have about 25 minutes to speak, uh, but I believe the Lord wants me to speak to you on what I call the law of sowing and reaping. Uh, it's what most of you are aware of. I believe I'm reminding many of you, uh, but I believe the Lord wants me to speak this, and I will obey, obey him uh, by speaking the word. Can we bow down our heads and pray? Father, thank you because your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word can reach to the deepest part of our hearts. Your word can go to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. Your word is like a fire that can burn every chaff. Your word is like a hammer can break any rock into pieces. Your word is a refiner. Your word is life. Your word is pure. Is being tried and tested and proven to be true. Your word is faithful. Father, speak your word. Speak through me. Speak loud and clear. Speak explicitly. Speak clearly. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I'm going to read two passages of Scripture. They're a little bit long, uh, but... Uh, that's those, these two passages is where I want to bring some of the truth I will share with you this morning uh, from. The first is Mark chapter 4 that was read, but I will read it again. I would like the presentation to please display it as I read it, uh, those scripture. I don't have it in my PowerPoint, but you, you should please display them from your uh, system there. Mark chapter 4. Uh, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus uh, gave a lot of parables. And those parables were really explaining what the kingdom of God is like. So he gave a number of them. Uh, and I believe about two of them were covered in the passage I'm going to read. Mark chapter 4. He also said, he meaning Jesus, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or get up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself. I want you to say all by itself. The soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, it puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Again, he said, the second parable now, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes 
the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in in its shade. So Jesus describing the parable like seed sown. In the first instance, he says it's like a seed that is sown. It's like a man goes around and he's sowing seeds. And he said, the man doesn't even know how the seed produces, right? Doesn't know. He just went, sowed, went to sleep. He sleeps, gets up, doesn't know, but all by itself. That is how God designed it. The seeds grow. The seed, they become grain. It start, and he described the process of it. And he also said it's like a mustard seed. Usually what is sown is very small, right? The mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds, yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants. And even become, it, it becomes a tree with such branches that birds, you know, they find a place of refuge or a place of abode there. Galatians chapter 6, I will read from verse 7 through 10. Galatians chapter 6 from verse 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. I want you to notice that. A man reaps what he sows. Don't be deceived. If anybody tells you otherwise, if anybody tells you law of sowing and reaping doesn't work or is not true, you are being deceived if you believe them. So don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh, we reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, we reap eternal life. Let us not become weary or tired in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I'm going to share a few truths here from this passage of Scripture about this law. This law is fundamental to how God operates. If you notice, Jesus even said, this law is even intertwined in how the kingdom of God is set up. How God set up his kingdom, of, his kingdom on earth and how it works is based on this principle of sowing and reaping. The first thing we learn here is you reap what you sow, right? That is in kind. That is, it is the type of what you sow that you reap, right? Whatsoever a man sows, he reaps. It's, it's applicable in agriculture. It's the type of harvest you have depends on the type of seed that you sow, right? You cannot sow a seed of mango and reap orange. Alright? You can sow uh, a seed of uh, uh, orange and get something else. Right? So it is principle. So it is true in agriculture. It is true in many, almost every aspect of life. You sow, he even said in Galatians, if you sow 
into the flesh, you reap corruption from the flesh. If you sow into the spirit, uh, you reap life because it comes from the spirit because the spirit gives life. So it's very important for us to know that we are all sowing, all right? In kind, the kind of, when, you, when it comes to the kind of what you're sowing, you're sowing life, right? I mean, you're, you're sowing and you're, reap, you're going to reap what you sow, amen. I remember the general overseer was sharing this many years ago. You know, at the time he said, people started giving him tithes. You know, he would just get tithes, 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 and he realized it is because he gave out tithes. His gift was tithes. Everywhere he went, he would give tithes. And he realized that everywhere he went, everything people were giving him tithes. And God said, because you are sowing tithes, you're reaping tithes. You know, tithes that, uh, and I think he said, I can't remember the story clearly, that he, start, he started sowing other things so he can reap other things. But it's important to know that you can operate this in the reverse by sowing what you intend to reap. All right? You know, sow what you intend to reap. Don't just be focused on what you want to reap. For, you know, sow it. Uh, if you want people to be kind to you, sow kindness. Right? If you want people to treat you right, treat other people right. Right? If you want uh, people to smile at you, smile at them. Right? Very soon people will be smiling at you. All right? Don't just go around and complain about what you don't have, what is not happening to you. Maybe you need to sow seed so you can reap those. What comes to us, they are harvest. They are product of what we have sown. So in kind, you reap what you sow. Galatians 6, 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. I want you to say, A man reaps what he sows. After you know that the word man there is universal. It means a man and a woman. Amen. So it is foolhardy to ignore the law of sowing and reaping. Don't ignore it. You know, don't be deceived. Don't, don't just, don't be foolhardy. Right? Understand that you are sowing. Whether you are serving, you are sowing. Whether you are giving financially, you are sowing. How you treat other people, you are sowing. But the second point here is, when it comes to quantity, you reap multiples of what you sow, right? So, when it comes to kind, you reap what you sow. It is the type of what you sow that you reap. But usually, you will reap multiples of what you sow when it comes to quantity. In Mark chapter 4, the Bible says, what shall we say the kingdom is like? Or what parable shall we describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. So it doesn't matter the quantity of what you're sowing. If it's small, you reap in multiples of it. Right? He said, mustard seed is so small, yet it produces many grains. Right? It it becomes a tree. All right? And the tree is huge. And out of that, you have mustard seed. In fact, if you look at the principle of sowing and reaping, a, a single seed can become a, a forest from a single seed. Just looking at a seed, you think it's a seed, but potentially that seed is a forest. It can, over time, if it's properly cultivated. So it's important. There is all, you always reap in multiples. In fact, Jesus telling us the parable of the sower 
talks about reaping a multiple of 30, 60, and 100. So when you sow, you reap in multiples, right? There's always a factor, you know, that, 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 that multiplies what you sow. So it's important to note that in quantity, you reap multiples of what you sow. The third truth here is that timing is important. Timing is important. There is a proper time of sowing and a time of harvest. There's always a time for sow, to sow. There's always a time for harvest. And usually, sowing comes first, then harvest. Somebody once made a statement, out of everything that comes to you, like the way farmers operate, farmers know intuitively that when they harvest, part of the harvest must become seeds. Otherwise, you have nothing to harvest the next harvest season, right? So when you are blessed, when a wise farmer knows that when I go to the farm, when I harvest, I keep a portion of it, right? And I keep it, those become seeds for future harvest. And a portion becomes what I eat, what I enjoy today. Everything God blesses us is a harvest. In fact, I believe that God starts us in life with some harvest of something that other people have sown, right? Maybe our parents, uh, you know, something. You know, we start life with that. Something given to us as a gift. Those become seeds that we sow. And out of that we harvest. There's always a portion. It is applicable to our money, to our service, to everything we have in life. You must always understand that you must sow to be able to reap in future. So it's important. Timing. Timing. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, he said, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at, a pro- at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So a wise farmer understands there is a principle of timing. You understand that you don't give up. You understand that when you sow, it takes time. And depending on the kind of seed you are sowing, right? Some could take three months. Some could take three years. But a wise farmer knows that they don't just give up. You don't sow today and come three days later and say, nothing is here and you give up. No, you nurture your seed, right? You nurture the ground, you till the soil, you remove the weeds, you put water if you need to do, you, you make sure you guard it jealously, until you can get your harvest. Sometimes, some of us, because we don't get harvest too soon or as soon as we want or as quickly as we want, we give up. So it's warning us here that do not become weary in doing good. You know, even the act of doing good, they are seeds. Did you get that? So he said, don't become weary. Don't be tired. Sometimes you do uh, good to people, they don't, you don't see good right away. In fact, usually those people are not the people that will reward you. You know, sometimes when we hear, give and it shall be given to you, you know, check, uh, press down, shaking together and running over. Sometimes we interpret that to mean that those same people must give to you. But usually it's not. Alright, they don't. 
They are not the people. Others. God will use others to give unto us. So, when you sow, just understand that there is always a time lag. There is always a time lag between when you sow and when you reap. Within those time lag, the time lag, make sure you don't give up. Make sure you are not tired. All right? Don't be weary in doing good, for at the proper at the proper time. I want you to say proper time. There's always a proper time. We will reap a harvest. I want you to notice if you do not give up. Please don't give up. Some of you have sown, maybe serving, maybe you have given. Some of you maybe you have you know have been tithing for many many years. I still don't have harvest. Your harvest is coming. Maybe yours is one of those cash crops. You know, when I was learning agriculture, when I was learning agriculture, there is all kinds of crops. There are crops that you, you know, you just plant within a few months, weeks even, right? You know, they become, you know, you, you get there, you get something. Some will take years. So, please make sure you do not give up. The first truth we, can, we see here is God is in charge of the harvest. Right? We are in charge of sowing. We just sow. God is the one that is in charge of the harvest. So you don't have to follow your seed. In fact, I like the way Jesus put it here in Mark chapter 4, the first parable we read. He said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows. So, the man continues his life, right? The man continues to live his life. He continues to sleep, wake up. But what is going on? The seed is producing. He said, now, the seed goes through process, right? It sprouts. He said, first the stalk, then the head. And then the full kernel in the head. It goes through that. In fact, oftentimes when you sow a seed, the seed must die first. You know, the seed will first of all decay in the soil, dies, you know, pretend as if it's just destroyed completely. And out of that, something sprouts up. Praise the name of Jesus. So you must understand that God is in charge of your harvest. Can you remind your neighbor? Just tell them, God is in charge of your harvest. So you don't need to follow your seed. You don't need to open the ground up and see how is this thing going to work? How is this seed? People who follow their seed will destroy the seed. You know, if you keep following your seed, you will destroy it. You, you will ensure that it doesn't even grow at all. So, don't follow it around. Don't tell, oh, I've sown something here, I've done something here. Oh, I went to that church, I did so many things for them and they didn't reward you. Follow your seed. Oh, I did some, some great thing for him. Oh, I housed this person, I provided them this and they... No, 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 no. You don't need, you are not in charge of the harvest. You're trying to do God's job for him. God is in charge of the harvest. In fact, Jesus calls him the God of harvest. So pray to the God of harvest. God is the God of harvest. What we have control over 
is sowing. Alright, so please keep sowing. Praise the name of Jesus. Number five, the surest way to multiply what you have, including your life, is sowing. Giving it. Sowing is giving it. John chapter 12, verse 24. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. So the seed remains a single seed if it is not planted. Alright? The seed can never multiply. The seed must go through the process of planting, right? Being planted before it can multiply. So the surest way, the only way to multiply what you have, even your life, it is by sowing. So I'll go to verse 25. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Anyone who loves their life so much, they don't want to share it with anybody. Oh, they don't want to share their time. They don't want to share their money. They don't want to share what they have. They just want to keep everything they have for themselves. That person will not make any impact. The only way to multiply your life is by sowing it. Praise the name of Jesus. Proverbs 11:24. One person gives free, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Number six, the law of sowing is universal. It is universal. It is true in agriculture. It is true when it comes to charitable giving, when we give our money. It is also true in the life choices we make, and it is true in how we treat others. You know, all these activities are sowing. You are sowing. Very important. In agriculture, it's easy. God uses natural things to teach us, uh, you know, to teach us about life. In agriculture, you sow, you reap. That's clear. But also... When, when it comes to the way we use our finances, we're sowing. It's not every money that comes to you that is bread that you must eat. A portion of it is always as a seed. It's always something you sow. It is also true with the choices we make every time. How Even choices of how we raise our children. We're sowing seeds. I read it's a seed. It looks like a small seed, you know, six weeks of time, or many of you, it came for an hour, two hours, four hours, in the course of I read, you sowed a seed. And we planted seeds in the heart of these children, you just never know where it can go to. Praise the name of Jesus. It's very, very important. You know, those things are their seed. The, the way we treat other people, we are sowing seeds. So the law of sowing and reaping is universal. It cuts across every aspect of our lives. We must understand that. Number seven, which is the last, the law of sowing is so important, God decided 
to subject himself to it. Even God himself subjects himself to the same law of sowing and reaping. Now, God has so many children who are not making him happy. In Genesis chapter 6, the Bible says the Lord saw the great wickedness of the human race. It has become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thought of the human heart was only evil. That is in Genesis 6 at the time. The Lord regretted that he made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. So God looked at his creation and he saw how wicked he was. It still is. And he said he regretted he created. In Romans chapter 3, the Bible says in verse 10, There is no one righteous. This is God talking. Not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. That's God's verdict of his creation. All his children. He couldn't find any of them. Then he found one. After looking for many, many years, he found one. And that one was found in Christ. Look at what he said about Christ in Matthew 3.17. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So he found one out of millions or billions. He found one, just one. And that one was the only one that obeyed, still obeyed. John 5, Jesus himself said, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. So he found one that, was, that cared about him, that was just absolutely perfect. Now, God wants many sons that will be like Christ. So he has to do the same thing that he asked us to do. He has to turn, he has to turn him to a seed. So you can have many more sons. So when you read John 16, John 3:16, God himself is obeying the principle, the law of sowing and reaping. God so loved the world, right? That he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But I'd like us to read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. I want all of us to read it together. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 10. Can we see it on the screen? Let's read it together. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of your salvation perfect through what is suffered. The pioneer of our salvation is who? Jesus Christ. So Jesus had to suffer, but not only suffer, he had to die, right? He has to be planted on the ground, right? So he can bring up, he can bring many sons to the Father who will be like him. 
so that God can look down and he no longer regrets. And I believe God no longer regrets that he made human beings. Because at least some people now have accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Jesus died. He was buried. He rose. So that people who put their faith in what Jesus did, right, can accept Jesus' righteousness and also become sons and daughters. So the reason why Jesus went through that is because God wants more sons and daughters that are like Jesus. He wants to be able to look down and say about other people and say, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved daughter with whom I am well pleased. I want all else bow as I pray. I know there are people here today who want God to look at them and say, this is my beloved daughter. I am pleased. I know there are people here today who are going to fulfill God's dream. God's dream is to have many sons and daughters that he can be pleased with. And that's why he gave the one son that he had, the one seed, which is Jesus, for you. So that you, by putting your faith in him, you can be forgiven, you can be cleansed, and become a child of God. If you want to respond today, I'd like you to lift up your right hand. I'd like to pray for you. You want to accept Jesus. Thank you, sir. I know there are so many, uh, there are other people here. Just raise your right hand. Keep it, keep it raised, please. Thank you. Keep it raised, sir. Keep it raised. I'd like to pray with you. Any other person sitting here? Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Ushers, just hand over. We have people at the back there raising their hand. Please make sure. Amen. I want you to put that hand on your chest. Just put it on your chest. I'd like to pray for you. Just put it on your chest, and I would like to repeat after me. I want you to say, Father, I thank you because you love me so much. And you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ. You planted him, allowed him to die, allowed him to be buried, so that I too, can become your your son or your daughter. Today, I place my faith on Jesus and on what, on what he did for me on the cross of Calvary. I believe he died because of my sin. I believe he was buried because of my sin. And I believe he rose from the dead, the third day, because of me. I confess today, Jesus, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. Come into my life, Lord. Make me a brand new person. Give me a relationship with God. Make me such a child so that God will look at my life and say, this is my beloved child. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, I thank you for this word. I pray, Lord, you will bless it. 
I pray, Lord, that this word will not return to you void. I pray that it will become a seed in every heart, and that seed will produce harvest of righteousness. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Can we put our hands together? For Jesus, I'm going to invite Minister Tune to do the confession.